On average, we spend at least two hours a day on social media, mindlessly scrolling through others' lives. If you own a business, that could be dramatically higher because you've been told you have to be on there marketing your business all the time. For me, it was a time suck and not very life-giving, which is why I determined it was time to take a step back and not rely on it so much. The only thing I do there is nurture my free Facebook community, Simplicity, and Motherhood. Otherwise, I don't post and I don't scroll. Every once in a while, I'll go into a Facebook group and ask a specific question I need an answer to, or I'll hop on Instagram to check out what our foreign exchange student is up to or the new skills my boys post on their profiles just to stay in the know of what they're doing on there. But that's really it. I don't use it to grow my business. I don't use it to stay connected with past acquaintances. And I'll tell you, it's glorious not feeling like I have to be on there. But my friend Sandy is even more strict when it comes to social media. She's not on it at all. And guess what? Her business is still thriving. She didn't miss a beat when she chose to turn it off. So I wanted to bring her on today to share a bit of her story and have her give us some insights on what she's doing instead to grow and nurture her audience because it's working. Sandy Cooper is the author of three books, a podcaster, and a professionally certified home chef. She has been a wife to John for 30 years and is mom to three kids ages 16 to 24. Her oldest son passed away when he was nine months old. She has been helping frazzled moms find peace since 2008 at thescoononbalance.com and recently launched Writing Off Social. She podcasts weekly at the Balanced Momcast and Writing Off Social from her home office in Florida, where she lives with her family. Maybe this conversation will be the tipping point for you, making a change in how you're using social media for your life or business. I know you're not going to want to miss it, so let's dive in. Hey friend, welcome to Pursuing Goals God's Way. Have you thought about finally starting that business now that your kids are older? Do you ever stay awake wondering how to mesh your passions into purposeful work? Do you have big, ambitious goals but feel overwhelmed or even unqualified to pursue them? Hey, I'm Gabe. Not too long ago, I longed for the confidence to start an online business. I just wanted to make a difference outside my home bubble using my gifts. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't good enough, I didn't know enough, and I didn't have enough time. Until I realized something huge. My kids need me to be their example, and they need to see me win. And yours do too. In this podcast, you will learn how to clarify your goals, plan with purpose, and ditch your distractions. If you're ready to make an impact and an income, all for the glory of God, then you're in the right place. As an avid runner, I believe life is one massive marathon. It's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. So lace up those running shoes, pop in your earbuds, and let's do this thing. Hey, Sandy, welcome to Pursuing Goals God's Way. I am so excited to have you here with me today. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm also excited for the conversation we're just about to have, but I already shared your professional bio. I like to get my show started by finding out something unique about my uh, guests. So tell me something that we might not know. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I think that I actually have this in the professional bio. So I'm like, what, what is there besides this? But I think the most unique thing, well, two things that are currently going on is that I have the professional plant-based chef certification, which is, I don't know anybody else who's got that going on. So, but I think I've throw that in my bio um, for fun. And also the fact that I'm 
a writer and podcaster without social media also makes me really weird. Um, and so both of those things, like I don't have a new thing. I feel bad because those are the things that I already share professionally, but they are truly the most unique things about me. Everything else is kind of boring. Yeah. I, well, I wouldn't say boring. Anything else is boring. You are not a boring person. But um, I did actually like both of those things. And one of the reasons that I have you on is because of the social media aspect. But when yeah. I read about the chef aspect, I was like, no way. I had no clue. So, so and fun. so plant-based chef. Yes. You do a lot of cooking. I do a lot of cooking. So, so I had always wanted to really learn to be trained to cook the right way. I've always liked to cook. Um, and then in 2018, I went completely plant-based uh, just because I wasn't feeling very good. And I've always been health conscious. And I thought, oh, I'll try this. You know, it was going to be 30 days. Well, you know, it's 2023 now. So it took longer than 30 days. I just love eating this way. And so uh, during the pandemic, I found this um, online professional certification culinary degree. And so I just did it. And it was so fun. Like it, I got to work with real chefs, you know, online, they, you know, you take all these pictures, you have to report, you have to, they can't taste your food, obviously, because it's online, but, um, but it's live interaction, you know, through so much of it. And it's this lengthy program. It's, uh, well, the one, I, the one I took was six months, but they've added three more months to it. So I still have three more months that I can add to it if I, when I'm ready. Um, but, oh my gosh, it was, it was completely fascinating. I knew that if I learned how to cook things, um, I mean, I already like eating plants. <laughs> I like eating, you know, I, 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 but I wanted to find out things like how to make really good sauces and how to substitute out, you know, where you normally would use eggs or dairy or, you know, all those kinds of things, baking and um, making really good dinners. I tried foods I'd never had. My kids were rock stars, man. They totally jumped on board. You know, they're not picky eaters and they're definitely not anymore because I gave them food they have never heard of. And it was fantastic. It was so fun. Oh, that's so cool. And yeah. I guess the one blessing of COVID that whole season of mm -hmm. craziness was it made us slow down and it gave us an opportunity to make some changes if we wanted to. Yep. And so like you being able to get that certification. Uh, yeah. so yeah, I guess finding the blessings. <laughs> That's right. That is so true. Yes. And we had just relocated at that time too. So I didn't really know anybody. No one was expecting me to be anywhere and it was still COVID. So I thought, yeah, this would be a really good time to just cook. Like yeah. it was just fun. Yeah. Super yeah. fun. And that's yeah. so funny because we relocated in the midst of it too, like in the middle of the shutdown. Like yeah, what the heck? Why did oh. we do this? <laughs> so funny. I know. It's like, it was a great time and a terrible time. Exactly. I know. I know. I agree. Well, I'd love to hear more about that, but I know we're not here to talk about that, but if you want to talk about it, I would, I want, I'm like resisting the urge to interview you right now. So <laughs> I will stop asking questions. <laughs> We might just have to do another conversation. We another might time. have to do it. That's right. So, but I did bring you on today because I wanted to talk about social media. I know you are completely come off of it. And I actually yep. was just listening to one of your latest episode series that you're doing on hustle culture versus kingdom culture. Mm -hmm. And you talked a little bit about social media in there. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on where does social media lie when it comes to hustle? Sure. Well, First of all, I think probably I should define what that means. Um, so when we when we were talking about that on on the, our podcast, um, 
we were talking about hustle culture being that culture that just says uh, that that if you want to um, succeed in this world, that the more you work, the more you'll make, the more money you'll have, the, the more money you have, the more influence you'll have, the happier you'll be. And it's this moving target. You know, it's just, it's this thing that just keeps driving you to get more and more and more and more. Conversely, the kingdom of God, so we're calling it kingdom culture, is is flipped upside down. And it is so much the opposite of what the world is telling us that we need to do to succeed or even what success is, you know? And so so where social media, my my co-host Mary Kay um actually said that it had that social media has everything to do with hustle culture. It is the driving engine, we think, behind hustle culture. It is the thing that keeps perpetuating it because it has all the elements of the target continues to move, the rules continue to change. Um, it's going to suck the life out of you. It's going to have all these empty promises, you know, at the end, it's going to say, if you do these things, you will become successful, you know, quotation marks, successful. And yet, um, it, it, it addicts you. It, um, it sucks you in. It tells you, you can't leave. And the target for success just continues to be pushed further and further and further. And so you never really can be successful on social media and hustle culture is just, you know, like we said, perpetuated on that medium. It really is just the, as Mary Kay said, the poster child for hustle culture is social media. Mm, I can totally see that even in my own life using social media and the reasons why I decided to come off of it as well. Mm -hmm. And I know I've been in a series of talking about hustle and hurry mm. and trying to eliminate it, um, reading through the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. If you've ever That's read it, it's a like a good book. Yes. Yeah. I listen to it every year. Just, okay, I need to slow yeah. down. And what does that mean? Because Jesus was essentially busy, but he was never in a hurry kind of a That's thing. Right. And That's right. I think hustle is hurry, mm -hmm. right? And so yep. it's just thinking about what is causing us to be in this hurried culture and what does yeah. it mean to slow down? And right. does it mean not doing anything? No, right. not really. It means just not being in a hurry. So I love that. Right. Yes. Yes. I, well, and even the, the hustle, it's not just not, it is hurry. Absolutely. And it's hurry with the, with the underlying belief that success is on the other side of that hurry and it's all up to you to get there. So it's like a lot of effort. It's a lot of movement and it's all up to you. And, you know, it's that combination. It's exhausting and it's not serving us. Like the, the whole thing is causing everyone to have a breakdown. So yeah, it's not serving our culture well at all. Yeah, for sure. It is yeah. not. So, yeah. well, I want to dive into this too, a little bit with your story, um, sure. you know, from embarking on your writing journey uh, mm -hmm. and using social media to when you notice social media wasn't working for you anymore. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey and the shifts that you made? 
Sure. So I opened my first social media account in 2008, which was the same year that I started my blog. Um, it was the early days of blogging. It was super easy to gain traction. You wrote on your free blog, which was blogger, <laughs> and then you posted the link on your wall <laughs> on Facebook. So I opened Facebook, would post, I'd write something, and then I'd post it on Facebook, and then everyone would share it. And, you know, you had whatever, 200 friends and everybody got to see it and everybody, it was super like high, high return on investment, very low energy um, in terms of effort. You know, I, I, the biggest effort was writing decent blog posts. So I did that for a long time. And then it wasn't um, long before publishers and agents started noticing people who were um, starting to really explode on social media. And, and they started using the, you know, the number of followers, likes, shares, all those things as, as the primary metric for deciding whether or not they were going to work with you. And because I was actively pursuing traditional publication at the time, I, I went all in, I would meet with publishers and agents and I was told, okay, your platform, your platform, they gave it a name. It's called platform. Your platform is not big enough. Um, you need to build it in this way. And so I was like, okay, I can do that. You know, that's easy, I thought. And so I, by, you know, I, I just started, I, I went all in. I, I as, as new social media um, platforms would open, I would open an account, I would share. Um, and then a really random thing happened in 2014. Um, I wrote a very mediocre post. <laughs> I And I, I emphasize that because I don't even want people to read it. It's not even good. And I posted it on Facebook and walked away um, and came back to my website crashing. And, uh, you know, over the course of just a few days, over a million people came over to my website from this random Facebook post. And, um, and that gave me this, I wasn't able to maintain that, like a bunch of people signed up for my email list and followed me. But then, you know, most of the people just dropped off and I tried to maintain that growth, but I, it didn't, I couldn't. And, um, but it was just enough of a, of a hit of a drug to let me see, oh, this is possible. Like I can, I could be huge. <laughs> like I could be huge. And so, um, so I, I went all in by 2016, I had Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, it was consuming all of my time. I have three small children at this time. And so, well, they're, you know, by this time they're in probably middle school, high school and elementary school at that time. And, um, and so in between trying to be mom, I am on these platforms all the time trying to build this thing. And it was during that era in like the the, you know, I'd been doing this thing for eight, nine years by this time, still didn't have a contract, still didn't have, you know, the numbers because they kept moving the numbers. The numbers kept changing it when the very first time they told me 5,000 people. Well, the last writer's conference that I went to in 2019, they said 50 to a hundred thousand people. And I was like, this target will never stop moving as people continue to grow on these platforms. So so I really started asking myself, is this, is this the life that I envisioned? And I came to, um, through a lot of prayer, a lot of journaling. This was obviously, I'm giving a very condensed version of this because it was spanning years of my life. Um, it was a hard no, that isn't the writing life that I envisioned or the, the mothering life that I envisioned truly. And so on September 11th, 2019, 
I, against the, the advice of everyone in the writing industry, I didn't know anyone, any other writers who were not using social media. I shut everything down for a year and I decided to write my second book and self-publish it. And of course the pandemic happened during that time. And, um, and that's another reason why I was able to do that, that chef certification was because I wasn't on social media. So I was, I had extra time. So um, I came back over a little over a year later to promote my book. And, um, and I was, you know, I came in with this new resolve. I was like, I'm going to do it right this time. I'm not going to get sucked in. I'm going to be very disciplined. I'm going to, you know, just, I'm going to follow all the rules. I'm going to do it all right. And this is going to be great. And I, I was only on for, I don't know, maybe one or two months before I was just like, I hate it here. I absolutely hate social media. Like that is the conclusion of the matter. I don't want to be here. And so I manually unfriended one by one, every one of my Facebook friends, because I wanted to look at these people and say, do I know you? And do I want to stay in contact with you? And if so, do I give you more information of how to reach me? You know, that sort of thing. Deactivated Instagram. I had long abandoned Twitter. So that was a non, non-issue. And, um, and I left social media for good on March 18th, 2021, and I never looked back. Wow, that's such an amazing journey too. And and wanting to come back and see what it was like and realizing right. I didn't miss out because I'm wondering in the beginning when you took that year off, did you feel like you would be missing out at all? What was the What were the thoughts and feelings going on for you? And when yeah. did you realize this is actually better? Yeah, so when I first got off, not knowing anyone else who was a writer who was off, it was very scary. Um, I I felt like a pioneer. You know, I felt like I was with my machete going through the wilderness <laughs> trying to figure it out. But I also knew that um, that if I wanted time to write a book, I had to find that time somewhere. And two hours a day I was spending on social media. Um, you know, and I wasn't just scrolling because I'm addicted to social media. I was trying to build a business there. So I thought, what if I take this amount of time and just write the book? And then of course, the whole country shut down, the whole world shut down uh, because of the pandemic. And when I came back and saw the ridiculousness that had happened on social media while I was away, it was like, whoa, this, this is way bigger than just Sandy needed a break. This is like, this is not good for people. This is not good for me. And so what started out as, is this even possible, turned into, I don't care if it's not possible because I'm not participating in that anymore. Like I just didn't, I didn't want, I was, I had gotten such a taste of what it felt like without it that I realized, okay, it doesn't matter anymore if if no one else is doing this. I'm going to figure it out. And when I figure it out, I'm going to help other writers do the same thing, which is now what I do. Yeah, for sure. And you actually, uh, probably that year was a great year to take off, man. You were not in the midst of I, all I the know. negative. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank you, God. Off, right? That's right. Yes, right. God knew exactly what I knew, what he knew what he was doing when when that, because it was such a, definitive moment. I was listening actually to another podcast, um, novel marketing and Thomas Umstadt was the, the September 11th, 2019 date. I was listening to that podcast and I remember where I was standing when I was listening to it. And he made the, the, he, he had a podcast episode that was 
um, what is like, it was basically what, what social media is best for you kind of podcast. And cause I, I was still at that point thinking maybe I'm just not on the right platform. <laughs> like maybe it's just not, maybe it's that I haven't found the one that's best for me. And so at the end of that episode, he said, if you are a writer pursuing publication, the best use of your time is not to be on social media at all. And it's to get off social media and write your book. Okay. That was the first time I had ever heard anybody say that. And I literally shut that podcast off, walked over to my computer and wrote an exit post. And I thought, that is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a whole year off and write my book. I wasn't really planning on never coming back. But um, so, yeah, it was scary, but it was also really exciting. You know what I mean? Because there's like this little rebel in me that thought, don't tell me I have to be here. I, I, I don't, I just don't think that God is confined to a social media platform in order to see my work reach the people that need to hear it or read it. And so I just believed that if there was a better way, God would lead me. And if there wasn't a better way, I was going to find out and I'd come back. Like really, that was my attitude. And when I came back for that little bit of time, I, I really planned on staying. And then I, it wasn't very long where I was just like, nope. <laughs> Nope to the nope. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Such a great perspective too, because one thing I've learned as I've been building my business is that I don't want to do it exactly the way experts say, if I'm not right. feeling pulled to that, because right. I want to build my business as a kingdom business. I want to build it with God leading, which is sometimes really hard to do because we want that control. But I felt like it, the social media was one thing. Right. And so, yeah. and and now I'm learning other things and I'm like, I don't need to be the same. I don't need the same expectations. I don't need the same right. goals or the wants or whatnot, because that's not my purpose. My purpose is in following where God wants me to go and the exactly. next right thing. That's so, right. so I love that perspective. And I know now you have come full circle. You found different ways to nurture your audience and ways that work off of social media. And mm -hmm. I'd love to hear just what are some of those things that you've been doing instead that you're now teaching others to do? Sure. So for me personally, when I left social media, I already had in place a website, which I, I, you know, I'd started that blog back in 2008 and it had grown into a WordPress website, you know, which was a little more uh, defined and professional by that point. Um, and so I, I, I had already been growing an email list um, and I already had my podcast and my podcast at, um, back then I still have this podcast is called the balanced mom cast. And so I had decided I'm going to just going to go all in on that. I thought that's going to be my content driver. I'm going to talk to people over the podcast and then I'll, um, you know, I'll offer lead magnet, lead magnets from the podcast to grow my email list. And then I'll communicate with the people through the email list. If people want to reach me, they can email me. And so, um, so that, that is what I have done. Um, but I do realize that podcasting isn't for everyone. There might be people listening and they're just like, well, that is great for you, but I hate the thought of getting behind a microphone and doing that. And I totally understand that. And so, um, so I actually created a freebie that I give to people, um, called 27 real ways to grow and nurture your audience without social media. And because it really is, the key is to discover where 
your audience or your client is outside of social media because people do other things besides social media. They're in clubs, they go to church, they're, you know, taking their kids to sports, they go to the library, they go to conferences. Like there's lots of places you can find them. They listen to podcasts is one of the many things they do, but they don't only do that. And so the key is to figure out who your client or your reader or your listener is and then locating them in real life, and then finding something that feels good to you, that is a better return on your investment, that breathes life into you, that feels like you, that doesn't suck the life out of you, and then trying that thing. And so it might not be podcasting, but it might be one of the other ways. Um, you know, there are some really big hitters that you can, that have the biggest return on investment. And right now, I do believe that those are, that's podcasting for sure. Um, but I also believe live events, especially post-pandemic, people are craving that in-person connection. And so if you can speak at all and you can uh, put together any kind of in-person event, I think that those podcasting, podcast tours, and public speaking are really, they really offer a wonderful return on investment if that's your jam. Mm, I love that. You yeah. you actually are talking my jam because that's where <laughs> I kind of said the same thing. I'm like, I'm going all in on podcasting. Mm -hmm. I love being behind the mic because I started with YouTube. And mm -hmm. though I know YouTube is a great place to grow, I didn't like being camera ready all the time. I'm like, right. I want to be in whatever I'm comfortable in. I don't yes. want to do my hair or my makeup, all the things. Right. And I just love that podcasting affords that. So yes. And I being agree. able to have some longer episodes with uh, interviews right. like you, Sandy. Yes, and so, yes. Yeah, really diving a little bit deeper than um, YouTube affords for right. many purposes or many reasons because people just lose the attention, right? And it's also, to me, right. that feels more social media-ish. Well, and I was going to say that I the thing, and I'm, I'm not anti-YouTube, but um, YouTube definitely has... Uh, the addictive elements of social media and also the algorithm elements of social media that podcasting does not. And so, you know, that when you, when you follow a podcast, you will get everything in that feed. Nothing is hidden from you. And there's nothing that's going to come into your podcast feed that you didn't ask for. But if you go over to YouTube, all of a sudden, like you are, you are being held hostage to that YouTube algorithm. And we know YouTube to be highly addictive. And so, um, so for that reason, I, I chose, I'm also not a YouTube consumer, um, because I'm a busy mom, I listen on the go, and I can't stop and watch videos. Like that's not part of my life right now. I know a lot of people like video, and they prefer video. But I'm not that person either. And so yeah, I think I think for people like us, um, for all the reasons that you said, plus all the anti-social media reasons. If you're trying to get away from that social media feel, YouTube might not be the next right thing for you. Yeah, totally makes sense. And yeah. I am not a YouTube user either for the same reason. I listen on yeah. the go. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I listen while I run, different things like that right. because I find same. that to be a perfect place for me to consume and watching a video just doesn't work for me. So Right, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit too about now that you're doing something different, you're completely off social media, are you finding that it's working better, the same or worse than when you were fighting the social media algorithms? What have you noticed? Yeah, I, I love this question because I I want to be super real and candid about what you love and you lose when you leave because there is some loss involved for sure. So I will say 
as far as it working, and I, and I, you know, I don't even know what is a good definition of working. I will tell you that I have no regret whatsoever about leaving. There has, there's never a moment where I'm saying, Hmm, I wonder if I should go back. Like zero times have I thought I'm going to go back or I should go back. Or I wonder if I should go back. Um, and unless the Lord leads me, I will not go back. Like that is my commitment at this point. I'm not going back. And the reason I can say that is because my audience continues to grow without it. And so, um, you know, I, I've started a whole second business that has grown out of just my desire to be off of social media. Because when I started, when I started talking about the fact that I wasn't on, people like you started reaching out to me and saying, "Can we talk about this? Like, how are you growing instead?" Well, then I realized that you know maybe there is like a whole group of writers, especially you know female Christian writers, which is where my heart is. Um, who I can lead off of there and so and help them find other ways. So not only has my audience grown that I already had, but I've started like a whole second thing, which is exploding. And so that's really exciting. But what what is hard to replace with social media? The one thing that social media affords, and I and there are starting to be some things that you can do instead, but there's a um there's a way that social media provides community from like reader to reader or listener to listener where they can talk to each other. Cause like I can talk to my listeners over my podcast, which is one way communication. They can email me and we can have a back and forth that way, but they can't talk to each other now that I'm off social media. And so there are, there are ways, um, there are some platforms that provide an element of that, like you could start something on Mighty Networks, for example, and provide something similar if you want to take your your audience off of there and, you know, create something that is where they could talk to each other. Or like my dream is to have, start having in-person events, because I just think bringing people together in a venue where everyone's looking at each other and talking across a room or in a tape at a table is so much more powerful than, you know, in a social media feed anyway. Um, but one of the things that I'm actually getting ready to do is, um, is move my writing and my blog over to Substack because Substack allows that they, they are, their whole mission is to get writers off of social media and keep the, the community aspect. And so you can have, um, People pay a subscription to get your writing and have access to the community. And that means there's no ads. There's no algorithm. It's just like a podcast where you can, um, everything that you sign up for is what you see. And then there's no suggested. It's not like you're in the middle of reading Sandy's post. And then all of a sudden um, you're getting this ad or someone else's post that you didn't ask for. Like none of that happens on Substack. It is truly to create the community aspect that people miss from social media um, if they decide to get off of that. And so there are things that you can do, but I would say that that is the one thing that is the hardest thing to replace. And I would also say that the peace and joy that I have because I'm off and the time that I've gained back from not having to do stuff over there is worth the loss of that community aspect. So I don't say it regretfully, but I am kind of looking to see ways that maybe I can try to recreate that someplace else. 
Hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting. The community aspect. I think that's one thing I have liked social media for in the past is that it's the connection, yep. especially starting out in business, uh, yeah. because then I can, you know, learn of other entrepreneurs and connect with them and collaborate with them. And so, and that is, it's a lonely place at first when you start yes. out business. So I found that very helpful, but I have not missed it in the fact that now I feel like maybe I've just grown a little bit more, but I have people reaching out all the time for different connections. And I'm like, wow, I'm not missing that. Cause I thought that right. was the thing I was going to miss, but it, you can right. find it in different ways. Now, granted, I have to preface this because I do have my Facebook group still. Mm, okay. I did not move yeah. off of social media with that because I host it with a couple other ladies. So sure. it was really hard to just move it. So, but I of do course. link it into my project management, um, Thing. And so that's where I go. I don't go anywhere else. I just go to that group and right. I'm in there just a couple of times a week. So, um, so well, I, how I haven't, how long have you been, how long have you been off social media? It'll be a year in January. Oh, good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a, so do you have a way that you, that your, um, clients or, you know, the people who follow you, are they able to communicate with each other? Is that within that Facebook group that, that you still do that and you don't use it in any other way just for the Facebook group? Is yep, that exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Facebook is where I have anyone who wants to kind of engage from the podcast or mm -hmm. just from learning about what I'm doing or the writing or whatnot. And mm -hmm. then I do for student community, I use um, a Slack workspace for yep. students mm -hmm. love Slack, because yeah. same thing, like you said, you, you only get what you sign up for. And so there's no distraction, there's no noise. Yep. So if it were up to me, I'd maybe move my Facebook group to that instead yeah. of going on something mighty net. I like mighty networks because it's same thing, but I still right. feel like it's so social media isk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, it is. And it's hard to get people if they only have a little bit of time to engage in, in a community, they are most likely just going to go to what's the easiest. And they're just going to hit that Instagram or Facebook, you know, icon app you know, whatever on their phone and to have a whole separate thing is hard for people. So yeah, there's barriers at this point, but I, right. I think we're coming to the end of that. I really do believe that enough people, I think we're causing a buzz you and you and me. I think we are. I think <laughs> so I too. Think, yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's enough people who are frustrated and disgruntled with it and are looking for other ways. And I just think it, it's going to get easier and easier for us to create those things. So yeah, that's yeah. interesting. I always like listening to what other people are doing too. So it's, it's fun. Yeah. It is interesting. And what I found to be the coolest thing when I came off, uh, cause I was just sick of, I'm like, I don't want to look at anything else. I don't want the comparison. I don't want the negative. I just yep. don't want any of it anymore. It's not helping yep. my business grow at this point. And the funny thing is that same month, and this might not be a correlation, but my podcast grew like 400% nice. compared to what it wow. was doing. And to me, it was God saying, watch me. Yeah, I right. told you to be, to get off and I want you to be obedient and see what I can do now. Right. It doesn't grow like that right now, but it's like, right. it's just seeing those little things. And then also seeing people reaching out, you still are getting those connections and, yeah. and the business is growing more than it was when I was focused on social media. So it's just, I feel like it's more so some people might not want to get off and that's totally fine. But of course, so listening to God's lead, letting him yes. lead in our lives, in our businesses and being obedient to what that is, because sometimes he tells us to shift and we don't like what he wants us to shift to. And right. it's scary. It is yeah. scary. It's yeah. the unknown. It's the fear. Right. Right. 
Yeah, totally understand that. Yeah. And I, I don't try to tell everybody to get off social media. I, all I have to do is talk about trying to be, trying to build, you know, something outside of social media and the people come out of the woodwork and say, me too, you know, so you don't have to even preach it. You know what I mean? Because the people who are frustrated and are feeling depressed and lonely and anxious and, and done with it are, are already looking for people like you um, to, as to lead them, like, show me how. So yeah, you don't even have to, you don't even have to try. <laughs> totally. <laughs> They'll just come. <laughs> I love it. Build it yeah. and it will come. That's, um, right. That's right. Or tear it down and they'll come, right? <laughs> there you go. And that's more appropriate to that. <laughs> that's right. So, well, tell me too, as we kind of start wrapping up here, yeah. if, what would be the first step that you would give my listeners, if they're feeling that pull, like I want to get off social media, what would be the first thing for them to do? I think the best thing to do is to take a break. Like I, I think every person, no matter how often you use social media should take a break and distance yourself from the platform. And especially if you're starting to question whether or not this is a thing that you want to be part of your business or part of your life, um, moving forward, I feel like the only way you can really answer that question is to take a break from it for a period of time. And I really think it needs to be a minimum of seven days. Um, And if you can do it 30 days, six months, a year, all the better. Um, I, I just think you can see things. I feel like it takes at least seven days for you to, uh, stop the habit of the scroll and the, the anxiety that comes with it. And, um, you can take a break easily for seven days without, without disrupting things too badly. You know, if you have your business there, like I totally understand all of that. If people are like, I can't leave because I, you know, that's where my business is. You could leave for seven days and just disappear from someone's, and you know, I don't, I don't mean to like burst anybody's bubble, but a lot of people aren't seeing your stuff anyway. You think everybody's seeing your stuff, but they're not. So they're not even going to notice you're gone. And that's not, an insult to you. It's, it's really reflective of how social media works. So they probably won't even recognize that you're gone. But, um, but I do offer a seven day challenge again, not people who they don't need my help with it. Cause you can do that on your own. But if you were, if, if anyone's listening and they're thinking, I would like to try to step away for seven days, I've never done that before. Um, I do offer a seven day challenge. Um, I have actually two versions of it. One of them is going to go away. One is specifically for moms. One is specifically for writers. Um, And it's basically the same content, but I just reword it a little bit differently depending on the audience. So, um, but yeah, it's a seven day challenge. Uh, You can find it at writingoffsocial.com or you can find it at makesocialmediasmall.com depending on which one you want. But, um, But even if you don't take my challenge, I would encourage you to separate for a period of time and see how you feel and ask God what you should do with those feelings. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that'd be first step. I love that first step for sure. And I will link the challenge and then also the resource with the 27 different ways to nurture your audience. Um, I'll link both of those, but I know that from our conversation, people are going to be like, oh, I want more of this. Sandy, where can I find you? So what is the best (laughs) place for them to connect with you? Yes. So if you you want to see everything that I do, uh, my main website is thescooponbalance.com. And there I have links to uh, my podcast, um, to my blog, everything. Every That's the hub. Um, if you're just a female Christian writer and you don't care about the other things that I do, and you're just thinking, I just want to know more about writing off social, you can go straight to writingoffsocial.com. 
Perfect. Man, I could talk about this all day long. I feel like you and I have so many similarities that we could have conversations like just for hours. So I very much. You'll have to come and talk to us. Yes. You'll, we, you need to come on writing off social now that you're off social. So yeah, we'll have to have you come and we can talk more. So it'd be fun. I would love that. So thank you, Sandy, for coming and sharing a glimpse into your journey of coming off social and different ways that you've been able to nurture your audience and grow. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you follow the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. If you resonate with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or share it with a friend as this helps grow the podcast. Also, if you're not a part of Simplicity and Motherhood, consider joining us. It's a free online community built to provide support and encouragement so you can create balance and live intentionally as you go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to redhotmindset.com for more resources and to find the link to join the community. In all things I pray, you just run your race. I believe in you.